0: How does Utah plan on attacking the transfer portal? And Kyle Whittingham speaks to the media. All that and more on today's Locked On Utes.
1: You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcast. If this is your first time listening to our show, make sure you like and subscribe. Love interacting with you on social media, whether that's on our Locked On Utes handle at X or as well as in the YouTube comments where you can subscribe to our show. Today's episode of Locked On Utes is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. You can make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. You can visit Fando.com slash locked on. To get started today. My name is JT Worcester, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. Excited to be joined on today's show by Michelle Bodkin of KSL Sports. And Michelle, when talking about how Utah is going to go about navigating the transfer portal, I think what's nice for Utah is number one, they don't need to get into the quarterback bidding market, which some of the numbers that are being thrown around now. Granted, they're not Marvin Harrison numbers that have been thrown around, but I think I saw something already. Now that isn't even true, thankfully, which twenty million is as much as the NIL stuffs out of control. And like I'm sure some of the the 5 million stuff's maybe true. I always had a hard time believing 20 million for a wide receiver. So glad to see that that's actually (laughs) not what the going rate is for a top 5 NFL pick. But um, it's nice that Utah doesn't have to be in the quarterback mix. But I do think for Utah it's nice that they're looking at the transfer portal, I'm sure, to target these needs because they want to win now. They're not You don't lose the Devon Valets, the Mikey Matthews now, and guys like a JT Broughton, Sioni Vaki, and Cole Bishop and go, well, let's just bring in freshmen. And, you know, some of the guys we have in-house, I talked about this on yesterday's show, I think that a Nate Ritchie, a Tao Johnson are both guys who are capable of stepping up. But it also helps to go bring in guys who have, Played at a really high level last year, too. Just, I mean, iron sharpens iron, right? So I think that's mm-hmm. worth Utah. And, I mean, especially at the wide receiver position. Because when you lose a guy like Devon Vele and a Mikey Matthews, who, when you talk about Devon Vele, the best one, Mikey Matthews, the one with the brightest future, there's a lot you need to get there. So I think it's smart for Utah to continue to look at and bring in guys who can help them win now. Yes, they will add other guys for depth purposes through the portal, I'm sure, but I'm excited to see this team really add some win now impact guys because I think that is the plan. Go in and help you find players who can help you potentially win the Big 12 in 2023 or 2024, actually, because yeah. we're now onto that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's almost 2024, JT. Um, it, is, it is. It's
0: crazy how fast it's already coming.
1: <laughs> it, yes. Crazy, crazy, crazy and crazy times in in the transfer portal mm-hmm. and, and with signing day and um, You know, guys declaring for the NFL. It's uh, December is turning into a really, really hectic time in college football. Uh, it's changed and evolved so much. And, you know, as for your question about, you know, what does Utah do? I think they kind of stick to the plan that they've had, you know, the last couple of years since this has really been a thing. It's worked pretty well for them. Um, it probably would have worked well for them this year, too, if not for the injuries. Uh, but it's, you know, I, they've gone out and they have found pluggable pieces that kind of at the very least raise the floor. Um, you know, it's this is going to sound so harsh, but you know, Utah is kind of in a place where they've been able to cut the fat, so to speak, at the end of each season and then kind of upgrade you know, who they bring in, yep. it feels like. Um, and, and that's a formula that's worked really, really well for them. Uh, I think they're a very unique program in that way where they don't really lose a lot of their high-end talent um, unless they're moving on to the NFL. Now, granted, you know, there there was a guy like Mikey Matthews that that jumped into the portal. It's not completely unavoidable uh, with the way that college football is, but I do think Utah's done a very good job of making competitive offers uh, to keep their, their guys and their teams in place. And and a big part of that also goes into, again, the culture, uh, knowing that the coaching staff is all bought in and and will be there, you know, year in and year out. It's, it's also things like that that I think go a long, long way. And then of course, you know, when you do see a Cole Bishop or a Sione Baki, um, Satoa Laumea be able to jump to the NFL Um, You know, you see that development and that they have that track record of getting guys ready for the NFL and the NFL scouts are constantly at your practices and at your games. Uh, It makes a huge, huge difference and guys buy in and they want to stay. And then on top of that, you know, you look at the opportunity ahead with uh, moving to the Big 12. You know, it's you're moving into a conference that will no longer have a big dog because Texas and Oklahoma are moving on yep. the door is wide open. Um, you know, you, you have some teams that, you know, kind of rise up and end up being good, but really probably the most consistent team entering into the big 12, or that will be a part of the big 12 going forward is Utah, um, no doubt. Mm-hmm. you know, it, and it's just what it is now. Does that remain that way? I, you know, who knows, who knows what the future brings, um, but for the here and now, that feels like a very safe bet, and they know that. Um, and, and I don't. I know a lot of people want to say that that feels like a very cocky thing to say, um, but but I think it's also okay to know what your value is and what you bring to the table, and to be motivated by that, uh, and see that you have that opportunity uh, to not only do really well in this new conference and maybe build continue to build your brand as to, you know, we're, we're the big dog in this conference, but you also have a bigger, more open door to the college football playoff as well. So it's, it's a combination of those things, but I think, you know, that's the ultimate goal with what Utah is trying to do in the transfer portal is to strengthen the team in order to make that push.
0: No, and I absolutely agree with all that. And especially like you just mentioned Utah being the class of the big 12 in some ways in terms of consistency. I mean, let's just look at the other teams and Arizona is the one like, okay, there's, they could be starting to get back there. They just did it one year.
1: Colorado. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Colorado's still trying to put things together. Mm-hmm. I know Oklahoma State just made the Big 12 championship game. They also got absolutely blown out a couple times this season by not good teams. TC, look, think about everything that happened to Utah, and yet they still find a way to be bowl eligible. I know TCU lost some key players, but you can't even get back to a bowl game after making the national championship? Yeah, That's crazy to me. Uh, Baylor, they're a mess right now. Nearly fired Dave Aranda, and we saw Utah go in there and win with a backup quarterback, and that backup quarterback being Bryson really struggled. That ended up becoming the Nate Johnson game. It's crazy how things look back on that. Right and then now. even Texas. Texas Tech, who um, I love Drake Toll. I've had him on my show a couple of times, host of Locked On Big Twelve. He said Texas Tech, he thought was set up for the future. They go out week one and lose to Wyoming. So I don't see any losses like that on this Utah team schedule in the recent. Like yes, they lost to an Arizona team, but once again, Utah really only lost to top fifteen, top twenty teams on mm-hmm. the season. They're in a very good place in terms of the consistency that they play with, and they do. And you mentioned also just trimming the fat as well. Mm-hmm. I, I I totally agree with that because that is. Not once again, like you said, and I think there's a lot of fans that will go, why is everyone leaving Utah? You guys just, I think a lot of people just think that because you only look at Utah. You want to know where everyone's leaving? Everyone's leaving Texas saying that Utah has all of their key contributors and players coming back. There are so many schools, even Ohio State has guys leaving that are like really prime in a position. Now, whether they were forced out or not is a discussion for another day that we don't only Kyle McCord knows the answer to that question, You're right. but those are things that exist out there versus Utah. They're not, you got guys like Corinne Reed and Leavon and Dumouni. You don't hear anything about them. And why to enter the transfer portal? They want to say, same thing with the lander Barton, Utah's premier players usually stay. Even a guy like a Mikey Matthews, Well, he, we expected him to have a bright future. He's a young receiver who was third on this team, didn't even eclipse 300 yards. He's not in the same class as we consider a Lander Barton as a player at least at this exact moment. Mm-hmm. And then same thing with the JT Broughton, who I've defended and I think gets a little much more maligned than he deserves, but still not one of the best corners in college football by any means there it's a bigger for Utah to keep some Maya than it was Broughton as well so I, I think those things are important and I, we've hinted at both the positions really quick but just for transfer portal plan I emphasize receiver and cornerback do you think there's any other position maybe offensive line now that Keaton Bills is also departed although I don't know it just is weird to me thinking about Jim Harding bringing in transfers that just seems like a position where continuity is best but are there any other positions you could see Utah being more aggressive going after in the portal
1: i i think the the key places they're gonna look um past catchers i would also include the tight end in there if they can find a, yeah. a good tight end uh yeah. or maybe even two that they, they might go that route um cornerback safeties um any kind of defensive mm-hmm. back i think they're gonna look at and then it's not a huge, huge thing. I think they can get away with it till the spring transfer portal. But I think they might eventually want to look at bringing in a transfer portal quarterback as well, just to kind of, again, strengthen the room, add some depth. If he works out great, if he doesn't pout and shrug, but at least you have a body there.
0: Yeah, no, very true. And it is going to be interesting to see. We already know that Uh, Bryson Barnes will be playing in one final game, then departing and great for him. I mean, I'm excited for him to have that opportunity to be able to start for a season instead of, instead of just sitting back and, you know, only getting two or three opportunities depending on a Cam Rising's health or in a situation like that. Um, but, yeah, we'll be interested to see how the quarterback room shakes out for sure. And, uh, you know, the one making all these decisions, of course, is Kyle Whittingham, who did speak to yourself and the rest of the Utah media today. We're going to be talking about what he talked about in his press conference. But first, I want to talk to you guys about one of the sponsors of today's episode of Locked On Utes in our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options that include the spread, player props, over-unders, and more. So you can visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the nfl speaking of the nfl now that unfortunately there aren't any college football games at the moment on saturdays until we get our bowl action rolling in one thing you guys can do with is go in and bet on the saturday nfl slate is back as well as the sunday monday night games of course and i would not recommend betting on this thursday's matchup it is going to be very ugly and we have no idea what to expect of easton stick former uh Pack 12 quarterback, also going against... I forget where Aiden O'Connell played, um, but either way, uh, one of the, I would I would wisely recommend sticking away from the Thursday game. But lots of other great games to bet on at FanDuel. And also, I want to talk to you guys about another sponsor of today's episode of Locked On Utes in our friends at UCCU. Learn and earn the UCCU mobile banking app that pays your entire family to learn about money. Kids look to parents, they become more financially literate, but parents, they don't always know the answers. Learn and earn breaks down financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games like quizzes and trivia. Every time a family member completes a topic, they earn Points that can occur and be can be redeemed for gift cards to stores like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and more. There is age-appropriate content for every member of the family who can compete against each other and track their progress on leaderboards. Learner is inside the UCCU mobile banking app, so you can play it anytime, anywhere. The more you play, the more you learn, and the more you learn, the more you earn. Learner is part of UCCU's award-winning Be Money Smart Youth Banking Program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together. UCCU, love where you bank. Michelle, I want to start with you for this one because Kyle Whittingham spoke to the the media today and you were there. I was not able to be for obvious reasons, (laughs) but I am curious. You know, obviously, Kyle has never been the kind of coach who's going to be like, hey, this is exactly what we're going to do in the transfer portal. But what did you make of this opportunity to speak with him still a few weeks out from the bowl game and fresh off the departure of so many players?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, he he didn't really say a whole lot that was terribly insightful or interesting. Um, you know, he was asked about whether or not any of the NFL declarations will play in the bowl game. Um, and, and we didn't get a real clear answer yeah. on that. Uh, and then of course, you know, just how the transfer portal has changed the the bowl season. And, you know, uh, the running joke through that whole thing was, well, we've gone so much practice with, playing with guys that we're not used to playing with because of the injuries that we dealt with this year. So, you know, transfer portal, I don't know that it makes a whole lot of difference, you know, guys going in and out of the program. Um, but it, 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 just, you, you can kind of sense a little bit of, I think, frustration there. And rightfully so. I, I mean yeah. that it for, for starts, I mean, you're talking about a guy That is, And he's not the only one. This is just kind of the reality of being a college football coach right now. Um, You know, you're trying to wrap up your recruiting class for signing day. You have guys saying that they are going to leave your program before whatever bowl game you're playing. Um, You have guys declaring for the NFL draft. You also have to be shopping the transfer portal to replace some of the guys that you know are moving on for whatever reason on top of again making sure your ducks are aligned with early signing day and then of course you have to get the guys that you currently have in your program ready to go play a game so it's just it's a lot of chaos it's a lot of moving parts um and i it's you know i i think we need to shift and move some dates so it's less chaotic um because i think it's just too much to try and handle and manage and organize going on all at once and and these aren't small things these are big things um you know that that are really kind of a big key part of what you do moving forward um all the way around and 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 to just have such a, a a hard time you know just being able to kind of keep track of everything because it's all just so rapid fire at you I, I think something needs to change, but you know, I, I'm not, I'm not the one in charge. So I just, I just get to sit back and make comments about how things are run.
0: <laughs> I think you're absolutely right though, because when you want to talk about the future of Utah football, whatever Utah does in the future, the very first kind of domino that falls in that is the transfer portal for the immediate guys and the players you sign. Those are two massive things, both of which are at their hottest, right now so that is a lot to deal with both those things to your point and it's nice that utah has the staff to be able to manage those as adequately as all the other power five teams but it doesn't make it any easier uh to your point point. and I, I you made one point that i thought was really interesting that i didn't want to bring back up about guys opting out in the bowl game and uh if they're gonna play um just based on a gut feeling and this is zero insight on my part um, I don't, I would be surprised if Cole Bishop and Sione Vaki played in the bowl game. I feel like they're declaring because they feel good enough about their standing in the NFL that they'll be picked on day one or day two. And you see a lot of day one or day two guys. They do 10 opt out. Two guys I don't feel as strongly about that they will be a day one or day two pick, but I haven't seen if they're going to play in the bowl game or not is a Devon Vele and a Keaton Bills. Now, I, in the past, we've seen those guys who are kind of middle-round picks, especially a guy like Devon. I, I think it could potentially be a really good opportunity for him to, maybe with Bryson, have a great game. But with the opportunity to boost your stock also becomes the potential to lower it if you sustain an injury. And the same thing would go for Keaton Bills. So. I don't know. I just, because it wasn't in their statement that they're playing in the bowl game at the moment, I'm going to assume they're not, but Mm -hmm. I don't know, Michelle, I think it could, it could, from my outside view, it could make sense for both of those guys to play in that game, to try to boost it. But how do you read that situation?
1: I I would be shocked if anybody that's declared plays in that game. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I just, that's just not the way things run. And, you know, as we saw with the Rose bowl, you know, we had guys opting out of the Rose bowl. Um, and at one point in time, that, you know, was a cannot miss yeah. game. Now, granted, some of them were injured, like a Dalton Kincaid. He did not yeah. play because he was injured, had to shut it down for the year. Um, but, you know, you have other guys that... Coleman
0: Clark, right? Was there another one outside of those Jumping From last year? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to
1: remember. I think... Oh, I we scared.
0: didn't talk about this pre-show, so I'll defend you too. This is just thrown on the spot.
1: <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> um i think there was maybe someone in 2021 that opted not to play to maybe i'm misremembering that but i mean you know we we did see some guys not play and and that you know is one of the most prestigious roles or yes. prestigious bowls you can possibly play in but the risk of injury and decreasing your staff because of said injury is huge now. And I think this is where you turn to the NFL and go, you have got to stop devaluing guys if they go out and they play and they get hurt. If you like the guy, pay him what he's worth. Um, You know, and uh, an injury in a bowl game should not change that for you. Um, But again, I'm not not the one in charge and and I don't think anybody really cares what my opinion is on that. But that, that is something that I do think needs, needs to change, should change, um, because I think it's affecting the lower level of things um, and, and making it not as good of a product.
0: Well, well there's a history, as I will defend. I'll, I agree with you in terms of this, too. There are a couple NFL players. The first one that's jumping in my mind was a Jeffrey Simmons out of Mississippi State. He was going to be a top five pick. He had some medical thing I can't remember. Fell to the Titans, Mike Vrabel, wherever it was. He's turned into one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. We see it time and time again. NFL medical things, guys tend to fall, and then they end up in a better – and then they end, someone takes a chance on him and then they tend to make a bite. And they're like, oh, yeah, this was a minor injury. Obviously, they were going to get back and get healthy. I feel like people do make those mistakes. So it's going to be interesting, especially with a guy like Devon, because numbers-wise, Devon does not blow you away from what he did this season. But – I've talked about it on my show a lot this season. I felt like a lot of Devon's shortcomings statistically earlier in the season was not a failure to separate or route run. Mm-hmm. It was an issue of quarterbacks not getting the ball. And even before we'd get to anything with Devon, I would also say play calling where you're not making it more a priority to get him the ball as well. That's where I'm hoping an NFL scout will see that. Pound the table for him and make that selection too. And I think there's a lot of value in consistency, especially in a position like the offensive line where just it's so physical, play in and play out, guys get wore down. And Keaton Bills has been incredibly consistent for Utah. And we've heard a lot about how at the NFL there is an offensive line issue, trying to find quality guys that can protect and just stay durable over the season. I think almost every NFL offensive line. That is not a statistic I have up. It's just literally from watching the NFL, it seems like there's constantly a backup in. You need quality offensive linemen. I think Keaton Bills is one of those guys too. So I'm very hopeful that both of those guys do get an opportunity to get drafted, or even if it is an undrafted free agent situation, hopefully they do earn that opportunity to roll on with their team. And, uh, you know, Michelle, one thing that Kyle had mentioned a few weeks ago, I think, was he said, they didn't think they were done with seeing the NFL announcements. Now, since he said that, Coles left, Sioni left, and then, of course, we also just had Keaton as well. Do you think we could see anyone else declare after the bowl game, or would you expect all the declarations to be before the bowl game?
1: Um, there possibly could be. I think there's some guys that are still waiting on their valuations Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that can make a huge difference. I think a guy like Jonah Ellis is going to be kind of on the fence as to whether or not- well, I'm
0: shocked. I'm sh- to be honest, I'm shocked. He's still here because I felt like now maybe he just loves it here, but he seems like a guy who could really strike while the iron's hot. Right.
1: It, to, it just, it depends on, you know, again, what that grade is, if it's a good yeah. grade um, and he, he can't do anything more here then yes, like absolutely get, get the hell out of Dodge, go get your NFL money. Um, but, but if, you know, if there's still some things to work on and interesting a lot, interestingly enough, I did talk with an NFL scout about Jonah. Um, and the, the one thing that he said, um, because he, he felt like, at least at the time, it was sounding like Jonah was planning on coming back. And he said he thought that that was a good thing, um, that Jonah could stand to build some more strength uh, in the coming year and, and show that he can kind of push around, bully around a little bit more than he has. And that would probably help his stock. Um, whether that still remains true, whether that's how every NFL scout has you know evaluated him or not, I don't know, but that was some feedback that I got on Jonah. I will say Jonah, Zamaya Vaughn, and Sioni Vaki were probably the three most talked about players um, in, in my conversations with NFL scouts. Obviously, we know Zamaya is coming back. They love his size, they love that he played quarterback. They think he's really smart, they love his athleticism. Um, you know, and then of course, I, I do. I really need to talk about why they like Vaki? Like, um, you know, I think that just speaks for itself. And then, of course, I think Jonah also really kind of speaks for himself too. I, it's, but it's, you know, I think for Jonah, there there may be some like small tweaks that he could still do that might improve his stock
0: a little bit more. Interesting. I was surprised the strength one. Uh, I thought you were going to maybe mention something about it a little quicker. Although I thought he showed decent bend off the edge, but uh, that's where it's always interesting to see where you know guys who do operate in the NFL and the scouting realm see things in these guys. So uh, yeah, very curious to see what how it all ends up shaking out for a guy like a Jonah Ellis, and uh, you know that's why it's big for Utah to get a Vaughn back because of all the tools and the potential we talked about. He's a guy that I think if he Puts it all together, and he's pretty close, but I don't think he's put it all together yet. He could be one of the premier corners in next year's draft class now that we do know he's coming back. But uh, that's going to do it for our football talk today. But we got to talk about what's going on inside the Huntsman because it's pretty fun with both the men's and women's teams right now. Me and Michelle will be discussing that in one moment. But first, I want to talk to you about one of the sponsors of today's episode of Locked on Utes in our friends at LinkedIn Talent Solutions. Whether you're into hiring for your small business or you want to just find the best top tier candidate to interview, that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. They have a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it easy and the best place to hire. Hiring is also easy when you have that many qualified candidates. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have time or the resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, that process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions and make the process even easier. Also, LinkedIn is a great resource if you want to stay connected with some of your friends in the working world or acquaintances and see what they've gone on to do in their careers. But if you're looking to hire for your small business, then you have to get LinkedIn jobs. You can post a job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on you Post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Michelle, the Huntsman Center has been rocking this year. Most notably, of course, the two teams' games against BYU. And, yes, the men's team getting the big win against BYU. Even the women's team, yes, they lose to South Carolina. But when Alyssa Peely goes on and does that against a team that is the best team in college basketball, currently number one for a reason. It shows you that this Utah team, even though they have lost Gianna Neatkins, they're not done yet. But it's been so much fun to watch both these teams. The men's team seems like they're very capable of getting into the tournament this year. The women's team is capable of making a deep run. We'll see how deep it can go without a player of Gianna's quality because we know how sensational the guard she is. But what have been some of your thoughts on both these teams, getting to watch them in person this year?
1: So from the women's side, I think what has stood out the most um, – hasn't really been what they're doing on the court for the most part. Uh, and it's simply due to the kinds of opponents that they played outside of like a South Carolina or a Baylor or BYU. I think those have kind of been the three biggest games, better teams that they have played thus far. Um, it It's the interest level in the fans. Um, I, I, you know, I was at all these kind of boring games last year and there was no one in the Huntsman. And this year, you know, they're drawing a little bit of a crowd for even some of the less interesting games. And then like a BYU game um, looked about the way that it did when when they hosted Stanford and, and beat them for, you know, a piece of the conference title. Um, So, so to me, that's really encouraging that as we start getting into conference play, um, you know, they're going to have some pretty decent crowds and hopefully they'll kind of continue to grow that brand uh, and get that attention going even more because they are a legit good team. Obviously that game against South Carolina was a blast to watch. I I know that we all wish it, it went in Utah's favor, but, but it didn't, uh, but it was still a really great game. Um, I thought the girls overall played really well, were really opportunistic. Um, I think it also did highlight that, um, you know, they, they need to figure out who is going to kind of help supplement what Alyssa Peely does. Um, I, I, I think they have someone or a couple of someone's on the team. It's just a matter of getting them up and going and established and feeling confident in kind of taking on that role rather than being an off-the-bench player like like some of them kind of typically have, you know, when Gian has been available. And then you look over on the men's side uh, and and I think that's where the play stands out a little bit more. I think they've played some tougher teams. Um, and I think what stands out the most is that they've they've figured out the offense and, and the shooting. Um, you know, last year, I kind of thought that they were on the right track. It really looked like they were on the right track, but it was sometimes very rough to watch because there just was not a lot of offensive production. And it got even worse when the injuries kind of took place. And that's when things fell off the the rails for for that Utah men's team. But I mean, we were kind of having similar conversations about them last year. I think everybody just forgets about that because of how rough the skid was to the finish line for them. Um, But I, I, I really like what they've done so far. I, I think they've proven themselves against some tough teams. You know, BYU, uh, St. Mary's is no slouch. Um,
0: hey, uh, we've been in 10 at Houston, right? I mean, was it yeah, 10 or 11 yeah, or whatever? Yeah. Like uh, I mean, play, they played Houston, Houston and play. St.
1: John's really well, um, even yeah. though those ended up both being losses. So I, I, think, I, I think they're on to something. And I think the biggest thing, once again, for this team is can they stay healthy down the stretch? Um, if they start losing players the way that they did last year, it might be a very similar result. But I do think Craig Smith honestly has made some of the necessary upgrades to try and make this team um, dance eligible. And, and, and the tools are all there. It's just does the luck part of the injuries, you know, work, work out in their favor this go around.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a crazy season to follow them. Obviously, Transfer Portal, a new era of Utah gymnastics about to get underway. It's a lot going on at Utah Athletics. And Michelle, if people want to read more about it, where should they head over to?
1: Yeah, so definitely check out kslsports.com. Click on the Utah Utes tab. Just about everything you see on there it is written by me. Um, and I am in the middle of covering four sports right now. We've got football, um, men's and women's basketball, and of course, gymnastics going on. So lots to cover, lots to kind of keep track of. Um, doing our best to kind of touch on every little thing. And then, of course, you can follow me on social media um, at bodkinkslsports for both x instagram and uh oh gosh what's that other one that did not on threads yes on threads yes that is the one and then of course (laughs) michelle bodkin on facebook
0: well michelle always appreciate you joining us
1: i thank you for having me it's been fun
0: that's gonna do it for today's edition of locked on utes but we'll be back tomorrow reacting to more of the latest news around utah athletics